0: You're listening to Fire Trainers Podcast, Season Four, Episode Six, published on October 11th, 2022. This episode, we're we'll talking to Mark Okanowski about his experience fire classes and dealing with his disability. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and sit back, relax. This week's episode. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Fire Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. All certified instructors can apply for FTA coverage. And remember, for listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by KSG Holsters. They're professional-grade Kydex handcrafted here in the United States of America. They're available for a large variety of firearms. They're purpose-built. One by one for comfort and concealability, all KSG holsters are Enigma compatible. There are a lot of customization options, so you can order the holster that fits your needs exactly. Remember, KSG holsters. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor like you in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Mark. welcome mark and thanks for spending your time with our uh, listeners tonight how are you doing
1: great it's a pleasure to be here i'm excited to to be on your
0: podcast i'm very happy to have you on uh we met at the uh, most recent guardian conference out there in oklahoma city and uh with your background i thought it would be something really interesting to bring to instructors to um uh to listen to you and, and hear firsthand about things but before we jump into that can you give our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do in the uh, 2A community?
1: Sure. Um, So I'm not an instructor, so I know I'm not your typical guest, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I am pretty involved uh, other ways in the, in the 2A community Um, by, by day, so to speak, I'm, I'm an attorney, um, just real estate business litigation. Um, But uh, in my off time, when I, when I have the chance, I do enjoy going to events like guardian nation. I've been a, uh, firearms owner since about I want to say 2014. Um, before that, it just I never had uh, I guess initiative or, or will or need. Uh, but then about 2014, and we're going to get into my disability. My disability is actually what got me into firearms, and, and my first uh, firearm that I bought was an AR 15 pistol, um, only mostly because they were about to become illegal in California, and my buddy convinced me it was now or never. So I did it. Um, and that that start, that was that little small snowball that has has been growing ever since then. Um, what I do in the 2 A community, uh, I am involved in a, a number of groups. Um, uh, I follow concealedcarry.com quite closely. I'm, I've been a Guardian Nation member of theirs for a while. I love those guys. Um, but I also am uh, a the California Chapter President of the Liberal Gun Club and um, uh, heavily involved also in another organization called the Liberal Gun Owners. Uh, they sound similar, but they're very different uh, groups. Um, and through that, I get to do a little bit more of my firearm advocacy um, from the other side of the aisle, uh, which I think is something that's very much needed uh, to bring balance to the voices that are talking about, you know, advocating for the 2A. Um, but it also gives me a, a chance to, uh, train and organize events, um, to help people in California, uh, where there are plenty of guns contrary to, to what, uh, people like to think.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there might be plenty of guns, but there's plenty of restrictions too, which, uh, makes Absolutely. things off, awfully hard for them. Well, Hey, you touched on this a little bit. We're talking about disabilities today and how instructors can better support uh students that might have uh disabilities and such. And you talked about you have a disability from birth. Can you describe to our audience a little bit about what that disability is?
1: Yeah. So as you said, it was it was from birth. I it was never diagnosed, but I think it was something called amniotic band syndrome, which is where one of the bands in the placenta wraps around a limb or fingers or whatever. And those uh digits or limbs don't grow because they, they're just cut off. And so I think that's what happened to my left hand. Um so my left hand to describe it is is uh, basically it's like half of a fist. So I don't have any fingers on uh, my left hand, and I have basically one digit or uh, you know one knuckle basically of of the thumb, if you can picture that. So just a, a like a I guess a half a thumb and and no fingers. Um, and so yeah, basically it looks like like I have a fist all the time.
0: Okay, and one one of the things that I always go along and uh, you know. When I'm teaching instructors of, you know, trying to highlight the importance of reaching out to the disability community is they're also one of the ones that gets uh, victimized the most because they're in a wheelchair, they're in crutches, they only have one hand. You know, I mean, there's a whole long list of disabilities that are out there. And unfortunately, criminals don't look at somebody saying, oh, you know, that's somebody I should hold the door for. They look at it as, oh, there's somebody who, if I go along and steal their wallet, they probably can't run after me. Or you know I've pushed them all over their in their wheelchair you know they uh, you know they obviously aren't going to be able to chase me and I can get away with whatever you know in in their purse and their wallet um, those types of things and that's where I think it's important to help the di- disability uh, community not only understand firearms understand their you know self defense uh, rights and and the options that they have for them. Uh, so that, I Correct. appreciate you coming on today yeah first question for you when it comes to uh, teaching what works. For you when it comes to an instructor and he you know hey you've got your brand new pistol there we're going to teach you how to go along and do things what do you like when a when an instructor is is uh instructing you
1: i i you know coming into any kind of instruction i realize that this instructor has no context for adapting like i've had to adapt so you know, I come into it with a little bit of understanding that they might not understand my needs right away. But what what separates out an instructor from, from the mass of other instructors is when they take a step back and and think through the problem um of of you know what where the grip needs to change, how it needs to change, um, and, and put themselves either in the same position as me. Sometimes they'll try to, you know, make a fist and use their left hand as a fist. Um, sometimes they'll they'll look at me and, and say, Well, okay, here's the physics of it. For instance, uh at you mentioned the Guardian Nation conference where we met, um, uh, AJ Zito was an instructor there, and he was one of the first guys I, I had uh what during that weekend. And he uh talked a lot about where the weight, where the force is going, where it needs to be. And he does that for everybody, but then he looks at me. And he says, well, okay, you can't do the same. You can't apply the same force that, you know, this other person can. Um, where do you need to put your left hand and how do you need to put pressure on it to to give as much, res- you know, of that weight and balance as needs to be in your in your grip? And so that took a little bit of time, but it helped me a lot of, of you know, figuring out where to place this brick of mine uh, on the gun to, to, for maximum effect. I know -hmm. know it's easy to say, well, you can just shoot one-handed. And I could, I can, uh, but there's a couple things wrong with that. One, shooting one-handed makes you a lot tired a lot faster. um, There's a lot of wear and tear. uh, And also, it's not as accurate um, Mm -hmm. just by the nature of it. And there's a very good reason for that. It's, you know, physics. Um, So, there are ways to mitigate that. And I know a lot of people instruct on that. But, you know, I have a tool. So I should use that to make me a more accurate shooter. So the best instructors are going to help me figure out a way to do that. It, it goes a little further than that too. Um, it's not just the shooting part. It's not just the grip and the the, the trigger. It's the whole manipulation thing. So I had a class with uh, Rob Pincus. Um, and at first, you know, he was wondering why I wasn't shooting like some of the other guys, why I was doing things differently than he was teaching. And then he looked at me and he's like, oh, I see why, (laughs) Um, (laughs) because, you know, and uh, so he gave me a lot of good tips about, you know, racking off the belt, you know, um, he he told me to get a red dot because that gives me that lever um, Mm -hmm. that I can, that helps me. He's like, look at the ones, you know, I think Sage Dynamics uh, has a YouTube video where he just destroys these things. So, (laughs) um, so I looked at that and I, Found what he found to be like the toughest and and he's like some of these you can just hit against a brick wall so things like that teaching me different you know tricks and and tips that that might not be as obvious about how to reload faster um how to rack the slide easier um, how to manipulate things um yeah because everything you're doing is pretty
0: much one-handed you know so magazine changes are pretty much one-handed um you know you've got Mm -hmm. some support in your left hand but you don't have the ability to grip it um, with with your other hand. So you've got to use your right hand to drop the magazine, get the new magazine, put new magazine, and then get back on target.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, Mm -hmm. The safest way is, is, you know, put the gun in your holster, drop the mag, put the gun in your holster, slap in a new mag and then redraw. But that's, Slow. Mm-hmm. um There are other ways, you know. Uh, what I was doing at the Guardian Nation conference, nobody taught me that. I just happened to be a little bit faster. As I put the 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 grip in my left hand against my chest while I you know change the magazine. I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to do it, but I mean, there's there's a ton of ways. A lot of people put it between your legs, do it that way. Some people put it between in your armpit and do it that way. The trouble with those kinds of things uh, or those methods is when you're on a range. And there's a lot of people around you and there might be people behind you and you don't want to be flagging anyone. So I yep. the reason I did it the way I did it is because I kept the gun down the range all the time. It didn't move, it never went off the range. Um and so that worked for me that weekend.
0: Yep. That 180 you gotta keep in uh, keep in consideration because even though you're helping somebody work through an issue, you still don't want to be flagging people. Um, you know, intentionally or accidentally along those lines, because that's you know where all the where accidents happen that that people regret so much for it. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, and I think one thing that's really good is obviously you've been doing it for a while. Obviously, you've learned several different techniques to where you can go along and you know do it between your legs, do a trap against your chest, doing those types of things. And you may not be as quick as I am doing it but at the same time you've learned how to do it and i've right. done i've done those similar skills too because one of the things teaching and advanced classes that i that i teach is also what do you do if your dominant hand gets shot you know or gets injured or you're holding somebody something back uh type of thing and you've got to be able to use your offhand and or you don't have two hands manipulate like you normally get get used to and all those types of things are very good for instructors to know and understand for their own shooting but also in your case you know for somebody who's got a disability um, on how to do it one of one of the hardest disabilities i ever had to work through was somebody who had diabetes really bad and they had enlarged digits and basically their fingers were huge so so big that the person could hold the gun but could not flex his finger inside the trigger guard so one hand held it in a C clamp. So it wouldn't go anywhere. And the other finger went in from the side of it and he pulled it back. But that wow. was the way that he was able to make it work. Now, is that an orthodox position? No, but at the same time for somebody who has a disability, who doesn't have that needs, needs to be able to defend themselves. That's where they've got to do it.
1: Yeah. I think it. that's the biggest uh, challenge for any instructor is, you know, every student you have is a puzzle. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to figure out the puzzle, how to make that shooter better at, at the sport or or at defending themselves. And so a disability is just one more piece of that puzzle. Um, you know, grip strength is a piece of that puzzle. Dominant eye is a piece of that puzzle. There's a lot of factors. Each person's unique. And so the the good instructor is going to look at a student like that and, and figure out the best solution that they can think of, you know, to help that, that student improve.
0: Yeah, hey, Riley Bowman and uh, AJ Zito during the Guardian conference uh, did a, a, a intro to um, competition shooting, and it's really what I look at for somebody's feet position when they look at you know grip, different things like that is completely different than the way they do it from the standpoint of, because they're, they're looking at, okay, you're going to make the first move this direction. You want to make sure that your, your eyes are on this target. So, you know, change, you know, change what foot you lead with change, you know, how you've got the grip so that you're easier to get in there. Where do you position the mags, all those types of things. And like you said, it's just like a puzzle. If I can go along and figure out one piece that goes in there to make you more, um, more comfortable make you more efficient in your in your movement then all of a sudden boom you know that's that's a win all the way around absolutely
1: and the other i mean yeah competition is a whole different animal (laughs) uh
0: Mm -hmm. because you're
1: you're absolutely right you're 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 gaming the stage no matter Mm -hmm. what is you're you know it's a game at that point Mm -hmm. you're you're trying to be as fast and as efficient as possible whereas defense is a little different where mm-hmm. you're you're trying to keep it as simple as possible so that when you freak out there won't be as many things to remember you know yep. everyone has to remember when 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 it hits the fan you're not going to sit there and think okay foot here hand here. You're just no. going to go to whatever base instinct you've got and so it's training those instincts
0: you're going to default to your to your level training and exactly. whatever whatever you've done enough times you'll be able to go along do that under the high stretch situation Wait, well, hey, Mark, let me ask you this. You had a lot of good suggestions on things, things that will help, um, do it. What type of things don't work for you? You know, that you've either seen experience or just from your, your own, own, um, you know, life you've, you found that just don't work very well to transfer, uh, over, you know, good skills and it just gets you frustrated.
1: Sure. Um. There's a lot of things that instructors can do that aren't helpful. Uh, one is ignore the disability altogether. That's probably the, the biggest one because if you don't know how to fix it, you just you know treat the disabled person as you treat everybody else and teach them the exact same thing you're teaching you know the more able-bodied people. Uh, and so that a alienates the the student, uh, and b it doesn't actually help them improve shooting because you know you know, great. I learned how that person should grip the gun. I learned how that person should should stand, but I, you know, it doesn't work for me. It's not the best way for me to do it. And so you leave that class, not really having learned that much. Um, if anything, it, it was just a practice for you to shoot. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's the biggest way that you can fail a student is just not, not to treat them as an individual and to just treat them as part of the larger group.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think um, in my in my own experience, I've got huge hands. You know, people that have uh, met me know that I've got I'm a big guy. I've got big hands, and I can wrap my fingers around almost any gun. Some guns too much because my fingers are too big. At the same time, I know people that have smaller hands that I have that the smaller guns work better for them than the, than the bigger guns. And that's one of those situations where you've really got to make make sure and identify. You know what grip is the right size grip for the person, how should they be gripping it, uh, those those types of things, because whether you've got a disability or not, if somebody's not addressing your problems, then you're not getting your money's worth out of that class.
1: Right, um, exactly. And another way that instructors sometimes don't do as much as they could is the, well, here's how I I would do it kind of syndrome. Like, well, this works for me, so let me teach you how what works for me. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that might be okay for a lot of students, but I I actually don't think that's a good strategy for any student because the person you're teaching isn't you. (laughs) Um, they're, they are their own person with their own set of issues, even if they look normal from the outside, but especially to somebody where it's, there's an obvious, you know, uh, disability of some sort, um, what works for you, isn't going to work for that person. So you're wasting your own time and their time, um, and their money if you're mm-hmm. all you're talking about is what here's what I do, here's what I like. Um now obviously you're an instructor. People are paying you to learn what you do and I get that. Um and so I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. It's just you can teach here's my style, here's what I have to teach, but when when it comes to the firing part of the the actual coaching part of the instruction where you're working with the individual students, you got to say well here's how do I make my program work for this individual student how do i need to change my you know class so that this person can actually do it and and you know and i think some of that goes to you know figuring out what part of your uh training what part of your shooting is the is the thing that actually makes you as good as you are you know um sometimes that's the hard part you say well i shoot well just in general, and here's how I do it, that's great. But I think sometimes you need to dig down deeper, like what actual aspect of my shooting is it that's making me who I am? And how do I relay that to this person who doesn't have, you know, two hands or who's in a wheelchair? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people it's a grip. And so, okay, so I can't do your grip, but here's what about my grip is making me shoot like I do. And so let me see how I can adjust your grip to more to to best you know get to that outcome, it's hard. It's not easy, but that's why you're getting paid, right?
0: right. Yeah. Well, and you know, in your case, you if you had disabilities since birth, you know, as we see older uh, older people come to classes, you know, you're going to run into arthritis. You know, I talked about somebody who had diabetes. You could also go along and run into you know, it's not a disability, but you've got people that are smaller in size. Well, that can make it really difficult to go along and potentially reach the controls on, say, like a 1911 gun, you know, or take safety on and off. That could become a real issue when it comes to, you know, a rifle uh, being able to do things right. Going back to Guardian Conference, there was a lady there that I worked with quite a bit that did not have enough grip strength to go along and deactivate the um, the, the uh, grip safety on her M&P, uh, M&P shield. And that was frustrating the heck out of her because she was there pulling the trigger, but not going along and actually, but it wasn't going off because the grip safety, she didn't have the right grip. And, you know, as many people looked at her and, and, you know, we all kind of came to the conclusion that she, the gun was probably just a little bit the right size, but because of the way she was gripping it and such, and she was also a, a very accomplished shotgun shooter. The same, she was gripping the same way the shotgun, which is a very loose grip around, around that, um, the wrist of the shotgun, which doesn't translate well over to a pistol. And that's where maybe a, maybe a revolver might work better. And, and that's where when it comes to disabilities, Not everybody's got to shoot a Glock or an M&P or a Springfield. As instructors, you might want to go along and recommend to them about some modifications. You know, do they modify the gun they have? Do they look at something else? Um, Do you have any modifications that you've done to any of your equipment? I know you said Rob Pincus had recommended uh, putting a red dot on, but other other modifications that you've you've had?
1: Yeah. um, So I will tell you this. Smaller is not better. Uh, when you get to the subcompacts like a Glock 26 or anything small like that, it's actually a lot harder to manipulate that gun than it is mm-hmm. for a Glock 19. Um, so you know, to I'm sure that everyone listening to your podcast probably already knows that, but if they don't, don't recommend small guns just because somebody's small. I think the, the weaker their grip is, the less likely they should be shooting, you know, one of these tiny guns. Um, because the the mechanisms that make them work just uh, just make it so much harder to to manipulate i i have a glock 26 i almost never use it um because it's so hard for me to rack the slide on that thing because that double spring that they use Mm -hmm. um so i actually put um i went i don't have a red dot on that one because i I just haven't bought a third-party slide you know to do that with but amazon had this like i think it was like a 20 or 30 piece of plastic that kind of has a shape of a red dot, uh, kind of like a rectangular um, thing that, that slides basically right on top of the slide. Um, and so I actually, I just use it like that. And that takes away the problem for me because then now I have some purchase. I have something to grip. Um, I tried using, you know, Glock Store had those horns. I tried mm-hmm. using that. I hated those things. They don't, for me, they didn't work. Um, but this one from Amazon does work. It just makes the gun a little bit bulkier because of it um which you know kind of defeats the purpose of having something so small um (laughs) but my 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 go-to gun is generally the glock 23 um wide glock it's because that's what i first got when i was getting into
0: guns so Mm -hmm. they were available um and and uh, it fit your hand i mean you know it it fit you and you're able to shoot and that's where you know don't go out and buy a 20 glock 23 because rob and mark said you should have a glock 23 and i'll go along and make sure they understand you know if a a pistol a gun is like a pair of shoes they don't fit everybody the same and even if we had the same size foot it may not feel the same for us one might be more comfortable than another one and that's where you go along and you've got to try them on shoot them a little bit go to a range that allows you rent them you know, rent a bunch of them and then shoot, because it's a heck of a lot easier to spend a hundred bucks on uh gun rental than to go along and buy a gun for 600 bucks and go back and say, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Okay. We're all for your 300 bucks for it. It's like, wait a minute. I just bought it, you know, an hour or two ago. And <laughs>
1: the second you take it off the lot, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, wor- it's, wor- it's worse than a car. You know, when you yeah. talk about depreciation because they're like, yeah, it's a used gun now it's- we can't sell it as new.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, i also had the additional factor of living in california and so the gun roster limits um what i what is available to me so glocks basically the best thing you know that i could get i know there's some sigs that i could get like 229 or whatever but um at the time when i was getting into guns you know the glocks were available and they were pretty mm-hmm. cheap so that's what i started with um but the 23 i love i mean it's it's always been good i did change the slide on that so that i, I could get a red dot on there um, uh, and so I do like having the red dot on there. Uh, you know, obviously aiming with the red dot's a little faster, um, but it's also more versatile. For the same reasons I said earlier, I can rack the slide. I can, I can use it in a lot of different ways. Um, the I mean, I mean, in terms of modifications for me, that's basically it. I think I got like an extended, you know, release and extended slide stop, just so it's easier for me to reach with my thumb. Mm -hmm. um small things like that Um, i did change the the triggers an apex trigger but that had nothing to do with (laughs) with usability in terms of the disability Mm -hmm. um the one one complaint i will have about my my strategy with the 23 has been that that new slide that i got since it's not a stock or oem glock slide it does sometimes stick um, you know it, it does get a little annoying that way uh, that it doesn't always get all the way back into better. Rare thing that happens, but it just I notice it and it bothers me so it's got me thinking maybe I need to uh, either get just a regular slide and have it milled so that it eliminates that problem um, or get a, a higher quality. I guess I, there's not that many slides in companies that do that so mm-hmm. um, but that's how I've modified that one. Um, other than that, I mean, if, if I could buy any gun that if I wasn't restricted, I, I love the SIG P320. Um, my, my friends have had them. I've shot them and that's the shoe. That's the glove, you know, that I, that I love that fits me really well. I just can't buy them in California. I mean, I could if I buy it, thought it, found it used, but because they're illegal really in California, they become super expensive um mm-hmm. yeah so i haven't gotten that just yet
0: <laughs> yeah and the 320 is actually i think a good example of uh, a firearm that has a lot of customized customizable part to it because unlike mo- uh, like the glock and springfield that have the serial number on the actual frame the Sig uh, Sig 320 has the serial number on the fire control unit which is the trigger uh assembly that's inside of it and you can take and put different grips on it um you can you can put longer, you know, fatter, shorter, all all those in fact you can even change calibers on them that I think is you know makes it extremely uh versatile from that standpoint but also allows you to really go along and customize it. Um if you want to if you wanted to if you want to go along and make a you know get a Dremel out and start carving on it a little bit, you can carve on it and if you make if you dig too deep, you can say okay, throw that away and just buy a new new grip for it. And, you know, go back to town and do doing that and really be able to customize it. Now, you know, that's yeah. a little bit more advanced than what most instructors probably do. But it's uh, one of those things that I really like about the fire control unit that SIG has is uh, you can customize it and do so much with it because it's just like, okay, if, as long as it fits the fire control unit, boom, put slide on it and you're, and you're in business.
1: Yeah, I, I really like how they did that, that gun. Um And every time I've shot it, I'm like, yeah, this is the one I want. So one day I'll get that. Um, I haven't tried. I know. I think it's Springfield made the easy mm-hmm. um, guns that that line. Um, I would love to give that line a try. Again, they're not California legal, but one, one of these days I'll find somebody who has one and I'll try it out uh, just to see how much easier it is to manipulate that gun. That's a gun that seems built for somebody who has, you know, with weak uh, grip strength or or missing things like I am. So, yeah. Um, hopefully it lives up to its promise from what I've read and heard about it. It does. So one, one of these uh, days I'll, I'll do a little review on, on that. If I ever get my hands on one.
0: Cool. Well, hopefully maybe we'll see you at the guardian conference next year and maybe somebody will have one of those spring fields that you can uh, test out there. That would be really yeah, cool. That would be yeah, actually, be- I'm
1: going to, I'm going to be in Las Vegas this upcoming weekend for, for a conference um, at ProGun. Okay. I if they have, if they have one, I'll give it a try.
0: Yeah. Well, that that would be a really good. Uh, uh, Las Vegas has uh, lots of opportunities to shoot out there. They've got Shot Show out there, and never seen so many guns in my life in one place at Shot Show. It's, there's even more than there are at the NRA annual meeting. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, I appreciate your time uh, to talk about how instructors can help uh, those with disabilities out. Can you um, recommend a annual conference that instructors should maybe go and check out um, from your experience?
1: Sure. I, I know there's a lot of options out there. Um, I know we've talked a lot about the Guardian Conference that we just went to. And I'm not saying it's just because we just went to this conference. I really liked it um, it's because it's a good sample. I call it a sample platter of instructors. You're not gonna get like a full course from any one instructor, but you're gonna get kind of a taster of how that instructor teaches, um, you know, what their philosophy is, uh, and give a, have a little practice under their instruction to see if this is somebody else you wanna, you know, emulate or, or take another class from kind of a thing. And so I was able to, you know, have classes with at least six, maybe not, or somewhere around six different people, different instructors. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that was really beneficial. You know, I can see, well, I like, you know, how AJ Zito was working with my, my grip un- uniquely. Um, and I see how he, you know, he presents the gun a little differently than I learned, for, you know, elsewhere. So that's something for me to try that I hadn't tried before. Um, citizen defense research, I took one of their classes about one, they had a one-handed shooting class. So of course, I was going to take that. It was about, um, one, are, was one-handed parent, guardian or something like that. Um, where it's like, okay, you have a kid with you. You're, you're going to have one hand on the kid and one hand on your gun. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not just because of my disability. A lot of, there's a lot of circumstances in the real world where you may only be able to put one hand on your gun. So that that appealed to me, and so that was good instruction, good training in in one handed shooting. That was useful. And I took a low light class with Matt Little, and and that was helpful because I'd never learned you know how to shoot at night and the different flashlight strategies. Mm-hmm. That was that's actually what surprised me the most is you know oh it's not about shooting in the dark; it's about how to use your flashlight appropriately yeah. in the dark. So that doesn't give your you target. away and get your shot. Well, identify a target while minimizing the chances that they identify where you are in the, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you don't want them to know what where to shoot too. So, yeah,
0: so that exactly. was an
1: interesting, um, that was a little harder for me to adapt. You know, I'll, I'll admit that, you know, Matt, Matt's a great guy. Um, but again, he got a student that is a little different. And so um, instead of working with me on how to figure it out, and I don't blame him because it's a short class. You don't have a lot of time in these but you know i can't hold a flashlight in my left hand independently like you might so so instead i just use my weapon mounted light the entire class so even when people are doing the one-handed flash thing i was just using my my weapon mounted light and so that worked fine so mm-hmm. um you know it, it, so i i like that format um when you're when you're just trying to try a bunch of different things obviously mm-hmm. if you just want a course where you get the full training that's not going to be the place for you but uh, then again, you're not going to go to a conference for that. I don't think anyone's going to go to a conference to get a full course, you know, from one instructor. You'll just go to that instructor's course.
0: Yeah. I think one one of the things that I really like about the conference is the ability to go along and have conversations with all the instructors at breakfast, at lunch, uh, you know, at the end of the day, because yeah, it's, it's nice to, you know, go to, you know, six different instructors throughout the weekend. But if you don't have time to go to Andrew Branca's, you can, you know, sit down and have a have a chat with him during dinner or those those kind of – and all the instructors make themselves very available to go along just have some, you know, conversations about it and you can get some okay. real, real, real interesting insights, which is, I think, one of the real benefits because, yeah, you don't get the full course, but if you can sit down and have some conversations and specific uh, points with it, it can become extremely valuable and you can make the decision, okay, we will spend the money to, you know, fly out to go to their to their course, or invite them to your location, do those types of things because you've had those conversations, you know what they're about.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. That that was a huge uh, value of the course is to be able to sit down and talk to these people. I got I got to hang out with Don West, you know, the, the, <laughs> the lead lawyer for CCW Safe.
0: Yep, so that was great, fun great until guy. he got
1: called out on work. Yeah, great guy. Um, a <laughs> lot of fun to talk to uh, as a lawyer. You know, um, yeah, exactly. and then. Uh, it, it, it's also one one other thing is all these instructors get their off period, and they get to go hang out in other instructor classes. Like you would think these guys would go take a break and go relax for a couple hours, but no, they don't. They actually get up and go. Um, you know, uh, th- you, you mentioned Andrew Branca. I noticed him at Mickey Such's class that I was taking. You know, he was mm-hmm. watching, but sometimes they'll jump in and, and take the class. Um, with, There's always something so, now, to learn. So, so now you're a co-student with the guy who were just taking a class from the other, other time. So it, it's, it's a really good community kind of environment. Everybody was, was really cool. Uh, so I, I really liked that format and the people that were there.
0: Great. You know, Cause I liked it too. And it was a pleasure to meet you before we sign off today uh, can you tell people where they can find out what you're doing with the uh, liberal uh, gun owners of California and uh, the other groups that you're involved with in case they want to get uh, get involved with sure. in
1: those sure um, so the the liberal gun club it's just liberalgunclub.com. Um you can go check them out uh, anytime uh, liberal gun owners they have something called the LGO lens which is not, they don't do as many like classes and trainings and stuff. They do more thought provoking uh, research, like uh, the executive director, uh, director, Randy Meehan did an anthropological study about human history and the use of uh, projectile weaponry. Um, you know, it, it's what's an interesting thing uh, because it, it goes to show the guns are in the new thing. Like you know, th- I know we we all know this intrinsically, but it's an actual study, an actual you know science that that shows that as long as humans have been around, we've used weapons for hunting, for defending ourselves, you know, uh, for surviving. It's one of the reasons we're still here. <laughs> um, yeah projectiles we're able to
0: project it you know to hit the you know the snake the lion the you know the The elephant you know those those yeah yeah, the mammoth those things away from us and not have to go hand to hand with a saber-toothed tiger say or or
1: with a neanderthal man i mean there were just a lot of reasons so um so that was interesting but there you know he he also interviews different people just like like you do uh, uh in different areas different professors um kind of Putting more of the thought into uh, why we are doing this, why it's important, why it won't go away just because we, you know, just because certain people don't want it here. Um, it's basically human nature. So that's that's a good place. If you want to read up more on the academic side of things, that's a good place to go. Um, I also started, and I, I've been really bad, I started writing a blog about being a disabled shooter. Uh, on the lgo lens uh, i need to get back to that i just you know work gets in the way sometimes um but uh in terms of the liberal gun club uh, I, as i said i'm the, the the california chapter president so we we that one's more training we get together we go to different ranges around the state um and do training uh once a year and i'm trying to make it more than once a year uh, we do something called a meet in the middle where we meet at the San Luis Obispo Sportsman's Association, which is a beautiful range and, and a beautiful part of the Cal- California state. Um, uh, as the best mix of the weather, so it's always just kind of nice. Um, they have a, lo- you know, a lot of different ranges. So they have the, the regular rifle pistol range, which you can hit out to 750 yards, just a regular rifle pistol range if you're so inclined. Um, but they also have the Hogue Action Pistol Range where they do a lot of uh, competitions, competitive shooting, and and just uh, course instruction. We usually get one or two bays there, um, and either have a class or just general you know shooting on the move kind of stuff. Um, and they also have a long distance range at the range uh, at the San Luis Obispo Sportsmen's Association. Uh, we call it SLOSA for short. Um, that one I think goes up to, if I'm not mistaken, fourteen hundred yards. Wow, that's um, good. Yeah, so they have got a little bit of something for everyone. They've got cowboy action shooting, so we love it. They love us. We love them. They're they're uh, we look forward to it every year that we go there. Um, Kind of give that's almost like a conference in of itself. Actually, when we were at the Guardian Nation conference, I was like, huh, this seems very familiar because I, I had just thrown one of those in August. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh, mine was in a lot smaller scale than what Jacob and Riley put together. But um, I was like, yeah, all these problems, all the things that you're talking about with the difficulties. I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's hard to put on an event. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's like when you put on an event for other people, they take it for granted that it just it's there, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they don't realize what goes into making it just be there so it's, uh, a, it's lot interesting being a, a lot of risk a lot a lot of risk yeah you could put you can spend a lot of time and energy putting something together and nobody shows up or you know or people start complaining about this or that so it's always uh, this luckily this this time around everything was great everyone loved it um we had a lot of fun there um and li- like at the oklahoma city uh, gun club uh slosa also has camping uh, theirs is on their cowboy range so <laughs> it's kind of fun,
0: <laughs> yeah, that could be you know. yeah, could be very interesting, okay, well, hey, Mark, I really appreciate your time um sharing sharing your perspective because as uh instructors uh I you know I've shared my experience with the and with the few people that I've had that come through with disabilities, and I think I'll leave it with one thing you're talking about each student's a puzzle, and I think that's a very good way of looking at it, and it doesn't matter, you know. What, what you are and we've all are going to have certain capabilities we're going to have certain limitations on what we can do and as instructors we've just got to kind of figure out you know put that puzzle together to try to make you the best possible shooter that you can be so i appreciate yeah, your time
1: I, thank you i was thank you for having me
0: maybe we'll, maybe we'll have you on in the future about some legal uh questions how's that
1: hey, happy to do it
0: <laughs> okay thanks for, again for your time mark have a good one you too bye that's a wrap for this episode. I hope it gave you additional insight into how to engage an underserved community. Do you have a topic you'd like me to talk about? Know someone I should interview? Email those suggestions to me at ftp.concealedcarry.com. At you can also leave us comments on our Facebook page or on our website, farmtrainerpodcast.com. At our website, you can also listen to our previous episodes of our podcast. I also want to ask you to leave us a review on Google Play or iTunes or wherever you listen to us at. These ratings help people find us and can see what people are saying about our content. Visit our sponsors, especially the Fire and Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Establishing your business, getting certified were your first steps. Your next step should be getting FTA coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, Every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Conceal Carry, Inc. and ConcilCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.